You're listening to the Florida Bar Podcast, brought to you by the Florida Bar's Practice Resource Center, Legal Fuel, produced by the broadcast professionals of the Florida Bar. Welcome to the Florida Bar Podcast, brought to you by Legal Fuel, the Practice Resource Center of the Florida Bar. We're so glad you're joining us. This is Christine Bilbury. I'm a Senior Practice Management Advisor at the Bar and one of the hosts of the show, which is being recorded from our home offices in Tallahassee, Florida. Hello, I'm Carla Eckhart. I'm a Practice Management Advisor at the Florida Bar and a co-host of today's podcast. Our goal at the Practice Resource Center is to assist Florida attorneys with running the business side of their law practices. We focus on a different topic each month and carry the theme through our website with related tips, videos, and articles. 2020 has been an unprecedented time of change for everyone, so we wanted to cover the greatest hits from this year, including the most frequently asked questions at Legal Fuel, some new rules and ethics opinions, a few tips on technology and working from home successfully, as well as some free member benefits that you may not be aware of, including the new lawyer helpline. So Carla, with so many people working remotely, we have all been using the internet more than ever. So let's get started by discussing the new ethics opinion about responding to online reviews. If an old client roasts you on Google reviews, <laughs> are you allowed to set the record straight in response? All right. So I will leave the yes or no uh, <laughs> response to the ethics hotline. Um, but I will read you ethics opinion 20-1 or a short excerpt from it. Um, and, you know, it's yes and no, I guess. You can set the record straight, but not really. So this is what the opinion says. A lawyer may not disclose information relating to a client's representation in response to a negative online review, but may respond with a general statement that the lawyer is not permitted to respond as the lawyer would wish, but that the online review is neither fair nor accurate. So, the long and short of it is the attorney cannot reveal confidential information about the representation, even if it's public record, because mm -hmm. that's a thing, unless the client gives informed consent. Now, if the client is roasting you, I don't <laughs> think they're going to let you uh, or consent to you setting the record straight. Um, so this has been a question we get asked a lot mm -hmm. that we've often had to kick up to the ethics hotline. But it's always been kind of up in the air. It's always we've always been told that you can't reveal confidential information, that you know you, you need to be careful about what you say online, so on and so forth. But now it's official. Again, it's, it's ethics opinion 20-1. There was an October 14th Bar News article that discusses the opinion titled Advisory Opinion addresses how best to respond to online criticism and they even provide suggested language. So here's the suggested language for your non-response to an online roast. As an attorney, I am constrained by the rules regulating the Florida Bar from responding in detail, but I will simply state that it is my belief that the comment or post present neither a fair nor accurate picture of what occurred, and I believe that the comments or post is or are false. So again, it, it, there's no bright line rule of how you can respond, except that you can't reveal any confidential information, even if it's public record, unless the client gives informed consent. Um, so 
I would suggest if you ask us this question at the Practice Resource Center to use the suggested language. Mm -hmm. And if anything escalates beyond that, contact the ethics hotline, 800-235-8619, or check out the opinion online. We'll link to it um, below the podcast here. But it's also been added to the ethics informational packet on technology. It's actually, I I believe it's the first opinion since they updated the packet Um, So we will also link to that below here if you want to read that and the October 14th article, which again discusses the new opinion in more detail and sort of the reasoning behind the Mm -hmm. non-answer. And that is a change for this year. We love those ethics informational packets. So we will link to that. Yes. Some of them are old. They don't change. This one has changed. Mm -hmm. So if you have it bookmarked, make sure you update your bookmark. Okay, so we also had some changes to the rules or some updates, and we got a lot of questions about the use of remote or electronic signatures. Um, And this was being used for a while lightly by like realtors. I I mean, every time you buy a home, they would um, send it to you. But then when it gets into more official legal documents, uh, the bar did respond. So where do we stand on ethics during COVID-19 on remote signatures? Right. So we got this question a lot. Obviously, everyone was forced to just go remote overnight. And the ethics advertising staff actually got together and put out a news article titled Ethics During COVID-19. So again, these are ethics questions that we are addressing because we got them as well. But if you have a question on these topics, please do contact the ethics hotline because all we will be able to do is what we're doing now, which is essentially citing opinions, reading you the opinions, or just reading any other documentation that ethics has put out. But we cannot have a discussion as to the why mm-hmm. uh, of these opinions. Or your gray area. We get all those questions. Um, but my, my situation right. is different. So we're happy to send you the link to the ethics packet and provide that hotline number for you. Right. So as to remote signatures, here is what ethics had to say on the matter. And I quote, Another common question to the ethics hotline currently is whether lawyers and clients can use electronic signatures. The preamble to Chapter 4, Rules of Professional Conduct, preamble, that's repetitive, okay, defines writing or written as, quote, a tangible or electronic record of communication or representation, including handwriting, typewriting, printing, photo stating, photography, audio or video recording, and electronic communications. A signed writing includes an electronic sound, symbol, or process attached or logically associated with a writing and executed or adopted by a person with the intent to sign the writing. Therefore, for purposes of the rules of professional conduct, it is permissible to have electronic signatures for documents such as fee agreements, closing statements, conflict of interest waivers, and any other documents required to be in writing or signed under the rules of professional conduct. Okay, perfect. And so in... It's very connected. We're going to move on to the next thing. Because of the pandemic, many firms converted to virtual offices and were calling us to ask about remote notarization. So what changes took effect this year? Yeah, this was this was an interesting one. And I want to preface it by saying that the real property and probate and trust law section has a COVID-19 information page with uh, a lot of uh, videos and uh, publications on this topic. So they really just nailed it out of the park, hit, hit it out of the ballpark and, and really just honestly answered the question for me. I, I kept sending people to their page because mm-hmm. it, a lot of it has to do with statute. And again, 
no one at the Florida bar, no Florida bar staff can give legal advice. We can't tell you, uh, you know, beyond citing a statute, we, we can't tell you what you need to do legally. So this had a lot to do with statute and new changes uh, that came into effect in 2020. So as to remote notarization, the ethics department says, and I quote, questions regarding electronic notarization and remote witnesses are legal questions rather than ethical questions. Section 117.021 Florida statutes defines electronic notarization. The portion of the statute addressing the ability to electronically notarize documents, such as loans and deeds, came into effect January 1st, 2020. The portion of the legislation that addresses electronic notarization of state planning documents is not effective until July 1st, 2020. See Chapter 2019-17, Laws of Florida. There's also an exception to the ability to use electronic notarization in cases involving vulnerable adults as defined in Section 415.10228 Florida Statutes. So again, this is coming straight from ethics, and even ethics prefaces their response by saying these are legal questions mm -hmm. rather than ethical questions. So, uh, you know, again, you can call the Florida Bar all you want about this, um, but all we're going to be able to do, even if you speak to the ethics department, is essentially cite you these statutes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would definitely suggest going to the Real Property Probate and Trust Law website, rpptl.org, and checking out their COVID-19 information page because they have videos, they have certain publications, um, and, and they've had this going from the get-go of the pandemic. So beyond that, we can't help you. And we'll post that link too. Yes, we'll link all of this. Okay. Also connected to this whole situation we found ourselves in, the courts had to go to a virtual format. So how did the Florida Supreme Court address the subject of witnesses appearing by Zoom or other virtual meeting software programs? So the Florida Supreme Court, as to swearing in witnesses and remote testimony in Administrative Order 20-16, which reads that it permits notaries and those qualified to administer oaths to swear a witness remotely from a location within Florida if the witness can be positively identified. If a witness is not in Florida and consents, a notary can swear a witness via audio-video technology equipment and all rules of court procedure, orders, and opinions addressing remote testimony depositions, other legal testimony, and the attestation of family law forms are suspended until the expiration of paragraph five of, and then there's, they cite emergency procedures in Florida, and it's administrative order 20-13 from March 13th, 2020. Again, this is ethics response to your questions regarding swearing in witnesses and remote testimony. So we will link these administrative orders mm -hmm. uh, to uh, the podcast as well. And again, all, all of these uh, ethics responses are included in their uh, ethics during COVID-19 article, which we will also post. But these are sort of the boilerplate responses you're going to get if you contact us. And likely if you contact the ethics hotline as well. Yeah. And a lot of this came about, obviously, because of the pandemic, but it's not going away. Some people are really embracing right. um, this. Right. Uh, a lot of judges love it. It's gone very well. And then you hear, you know, there's pockets of people that have had problems with it. But I think people are starting to, um, you know, it's convenient. You're not wasting your time driving the courthouse. So we, we, we like all of these things. Um, I'm sure there will continue to be updates. So 
also a big thing this year was um, members calling us to tell us that they had decided to go out on their own. Um, And they wanted to know what do Florida attorneys need to know about starting a new practice. And this this one is it's kind of like to the heart of what we do at Legal Fuel right. um, in the Practice Resource Center. But Carla, tell our listeners, what are some of the resources that we have to offer? Well, to get started, if you go to LegalFuel.com, there's an entire section dedicated to starting a law firm. So it is the first section on the website titled Start a Law Firm. You can click on it and get to a landing page, or you can hover over it and get to more detailed submenus. So their corporate structure, finance and banking, hiring staff, new business development, office space, technology, trust accounting. But what we like to share almost right off the bat is our new law practice checklist um, because it pretty much answers all the questions people have. So generally we say, go over this checklist. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you have any questions, give us a call back. But again, our entire department is pretty much dedicated to helping people start law practices, mm-hmm. keep them going, and close law practices. So that that's kind of what we help people with. Um, so we have, apart from that, we have CLEs. We have other podcasts, mm-hmm. older podcast episodes. Um, but but we can go over certain sort of top hits from the checklist. And there's like. some goodies hidden in there that a lot of people don't know about. If you have never incorporated before, there's a Florida Bar member benefit where you can incorporate for free. You're still going to pay the filing fee. But one of our member benefit vendors will actually uh, be your registered agent and do that process for you as a Florida Bar member. So don't just skip over. Not everything on the checklist will apply to you, but there's some good things in there that you can link to. Okay, so I feel like that the question of the year was, how do I practice virtually and still comply with the rules? So <laughs> did you get that one yeah. a lot too? Yeah, we, we, we definitely got that one a lot. And, and a lot of people were unsure how they could be virtual but still disclose location and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So the ethics department has an entire page dedicated to bona fide offices. And it's sort of a discussion of the location of practice rule 4-7.12A2. And in short, all forms of lawyer advertising must disclose the city, town, or county of one or more bona fide office locations of the lawyer or lawyers who will perform the services advertised. And a lot of people have difficulty understanding how they can only advertise that but still be required to, for example, disclose their home address. And the way we always explain it is, well, you need to disclose the city, town, or county of your home address if that is where you are providing legal services. Um, So you don't have to provide the full address. You can have a mailing address that is separate from your home address Mm -hmm. and advertise that only. But you can say, for example, we being in Tallahassee, we would say offices in Tallahassee. Um, We wouldn't say, we wouldn't give our home address because we don't want people knocking on our door asking us questions. And we we want them to send mail elsewhere. So that that's sort of the long and short of it. And we will link to the location of practice mm-hmm. rule. But and there's a know, couple what's little, a bona fide yeah, yeah. What's a bona fide office? And there's some little details to that. So at the bar, yes, we still want to know your physical location because that's 
part of the requirement. You can contact membership records and you can have a public facing mailing address and still have one that's hidden from public view that's your home address so the bar knows where you're located. The other thing that we remind people about is um, if you're practicing virtually, check with your um, city and county. You may need to get a business license through them. Make sure that you make it clear that if you are not seeing clients at your home, that you don't get into a weird situation where um, zoning rules zoning, come into effect yeah. because that right. you you are absolutely allowed to be practicing from home. Don't annoy your neighbors and have people coming and going at your house if that's not what you're doing. The other little detail about that is if you have a regular place where you meet with people in in uh, person, so like maybe you have one of those Regis offices or you borrow your friend's law firm's um, conference room, you are allowed to say that address available by appointment only at that address in your advertising. Don't use right. that as your mailing address or anything, but you can if it's a regular place, um, but you cannot pretend that that is your bona fide office. You're you're not there every day. You don't have staff there. So that's not a bona fide office, but you can say available by appointment only. So Right. So in, in their discussion of what is a bona fide office, ethics essentially asks the question, does the office have the firm's name on an outside office sign or on the building's directory? Is the advertised location staffed by law firm employees who answer phone calls at that location from prospective clients? Is the advertised location staffed by receptionists, secretaries, clerks, or paralegals employed by the firm on a full-time basis? Other than client interviews and conferences, do firm attorneys furnish legal services from the advertised location? Is the advertised location staffed by at least one firm lawyer on a regular and continuing basis? So if you have a Regis-type setup or you're using someone else's conference room to meet by appointment with clients, you would answer no to all of those. And that means that's not a bona fide office. You cannot advertise it as such. The only way you can advertise that location is if you make sure in your advertisement that you put available for consultation or available by appointment. So again, we will link to the ethics department's page on bona fide office and the discussion on the location of practice rule. Okay. So just like a lot of Florida attorneys move their practices to their homes to practice virtually, we were getting calls from attorneys that are licensed all over the country who I guess had come to spend the pandemic at their vacation home or at a beach condo, and they wanted to know what they needed to do to be practicing in Florida. And I don't want to get in too deep to this, Carla, because this is kind of not our thing. But right. But for those people that called, can you tell them uh, what our response is generally? Sure. So the, the first thing we do is direct them to the ethics informational packet on interstate law firms. That pretty much answers all the questions. Um, the follow-up question is usually a discussion of, you know, the ifs and what ifs and the sort of theoretical setups. At that point, we would send you to the ethics department to discuss uh, and then sort of read between the lines. I, I would like to point out uh, one opinion which comes up probably the most of all, and it's consolidated opinions 77-7, 77-9, and 77-10. And that one reads, I quote, it is improper for interstate law firms to maintain under varying formats a Florida office operated by a resident Florida attorney who is not a partner in the firm. A Florida mm -hmm. lawyer may be a member of an interstate firm if the relationship is a bona fide partnership in which the profits and losses of the several offices are actually shared. Um, so uh, the reason I highlight that one is because 
it's the one we get asked about the most. Yeah, um, just because your because cousin of, is a Florida lawyer or your neighbor, you can't pretend that you have a firm with them to practice law here. So Right. An out-of-state firm can't hire someone fresh out of law school as an associate and say, oh, we're going to put you in this office and this is now our branch office. Unless you want to make them partner, you can't do that. Right, so again, right. That's that, the sticking I, point that kept coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of firms didn't want to make the Florida attorney's partner, um, but they still wanted it to be a branch office and, and operate as an interstate law firm. And again, the answer you're always going to get is, you know, copy paste from consolidated opinions 77-7, 77-9, and 77-10. Any further discussion on that will be directed to the ethics hotline, which again, we will link to. Perfect below the podcast. So another big trend, this is something that, that we help members with all throughout the year on any year, but we had quite a few members decide that the universe was telling them that 2020 was the year for them to finally retire if they had been on the fence. And so Carla, where can members find the resources on closing a firm or retiring? So a lot of this is handled by membership records, but we do have some resources. Can you tell them about that? Right. So if you go to LegalFuel.com, we do have a document library. And in that document library, there's a whole section of checklists. One of the checklists is titled Checklist for Lawyer Retirement, Law Office Closure, or Law Firm Dissolution. I I think on the website, it's just retirement slash closing a law office. But Mm -hmm. once you open the document, that's the full title. And essentially, it goes through all the things you need to consider when you are closing, retiring, or dissolving your firm. Um, And the number one, like Christine mentioned, is contacting membership records. You know, you can't go, you can't change your your membership status without contacting membership records. Um, So their number is 850-561-5832. Have it emblazoned in my mind. (laughs) Um, But we do also have a podcast episode, a fairly recent podcast episode titled The Rules of Retiring, Going Inactive, or Closing a Firm, which we talked to our colleagues in membership records as well as an ethics attorney. And we went over the basics, you know, what is inactive status? What is retired status? And a lot of people call us and they just don't know the difference. They mm-hmm. think they say, well, I'm retiring. And then it turns out that they're not really retiring. They're staying active. Their membership is remaining active. They're just retiring from their job at a firm. So there is a difference if if you want to go over those very basic differences. Yeah. And an important thing is people call us and they say, I've been retired for years and now I want to practice again. And we're like, and it turns out they retired from their firm. They did not retire from the Florida bar. bar. And that is a huge status difference. So usually we clear that up quickly, but we, we do want to make those available to you if that is something you're like... You know, it's wrapping up the year. It's been a good run, but I have better things to do now. Uh, We want to help you do that process correctly. Right. Like inactive and and retired both make you ineligible to practice law with Mm -hmm. one exception. But inactive can only be selected during fee season. So we've been getting calls even now from members asking to go inactive. Um, and we'll still send them to membership records because, again, we, we can't necessarily answer the why. But membership records has said that. This status can only be elected during fee season, which is a varying start date every year, I believe through August 15th. But the benefits of it essentially 
from going retired versus inactive is that inactive uh, status, it makes it easier to reinstate active status. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a reduced annual due every year. So rather than the 265, you pay 175 per year. But retired status could be elected anytime. There is no fee if you elect before July 1st, I believe. But you better bookmark it because if you stay yes. retired beyond five years, um, you don't want to have to take the Florida bar exam again. <laughs> and that's the kicker. Yes. Um, so unlike inactive status where you can stay indefinitely according to membership records, and you'll hear that in that podcast episode, retired status is a bit different. There mm -hmm. is a there is a, a timer on how long you can stay in that status and dis then decide to come back, which again is why a lot of members choose to stay active and or inactive mm -hmm. rather than officially retire from the bar, which essentially means you are retiring from the practice of law altogether. Oh, and another little tip on that is if you think you might be coming back, go ahead and keep up with some CLEs throughout the year. We have them free. We're going to talk about that later in this episode. But, but don't do no CLEs and then decide to come back because you're going to have to be cramming to get those all, all right. in. All right. So one of the most used virtual tools and the most used word of the year for us was Zoom. <laughs> so if our listeners are still looking for tips, I know a lot of people have become Zoom masters this year, but if you're still looking on you, you want to get better at what you're doing, where can they find some tips and tutorials on how to better use this platform? Sure. Um, so the first place I'll send you, and again, this is a shameless plug, is our website, LegalFuel.com. The uh, technology committee here at the bar was kind enough to put together some resources, and they have decided to call it the Video Conference Toolkit. And essentially, it's all about Zoom and maybe other platforms, but mostly Zoom mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's become the most popular. Um, but essentially, the toolkit provides materials covering introductory to advanced topics. The virtual platforms that are included in the guide include, but not limited to, like I said, Zoom, WebEx, and Microsoft Teams. This is an evolving and dynamic guide that will be continuously updated with materials. And again, this, this was put together by uh, the technology committee here at the bar. And to access that, you would go to legalfield.com. And then you would go to uh, the technology section, but you want to hover over it. So the drop down menu comes down and it is the very last section and it's titled Video Conference Toolkit. So again, this is going to be updated by the committee as we go. But I would also encourage members to go to Zoom support. I mean, mm -hmm. Zoom has an endless number of articles and tutor video tutorials. They're short. They're not very, you know, complicated. But pretty much any question you have on, on how to use Zoom, at least in the way most of us are using it, will be answered in the Zoom support articles, and that would be support.zoom.us. Yeah, and check that out because the mediators love this with the breakout rooms. It gets a little more complicated right. if you want to do some right. fancy things with it, but it's there. Right, and and it's updating every day. I mean, just recently we signed on to our teams. We've been on teams since day one mm -hmm. from this work from home setup, and just recently we signed on and everything looks different. different. <laughs> so things can change on a dime. They can change uh -huh. overnight. So the most up-to-date 
in the moment information you're going to get is going to come directly from Zoom. And, I, and I'd also like to point out that our committee is working with Zoom to get some changes made. And I, I believe the reason we can uh, reorganize tiles was actually a Florida judge requested it. Mm-hmm. And and now you can reorganize tiles. And he needed all view. of his witnesses in one place and his jurors in right, one place. Right. It was confusing him because they weren't in their right positions, like when he looked down from the bench in his courtroom. So they, they fixed that. Right. Right. So the committee is reaching out to Zoom and and hopefully we can get more useful features. But again, these things are changing and and the software and the platforms are improving based on on case use. So like, you know, we needed to be able to rearrange the tiles. Now we need other features. So just stay up to date. Again, we will update you on any uh, major changes to the platform as they have to do with lawyers and how lawyers are using it or how the courts are using it. But definitely visit Zoom directly at support.zoom.us for the most up-to-date information. Okay, let's shift and talk to, we're going to talk about a completely free Florida Bar member benefit. We've had it for a while and it's weird. A lot of people- a long while. Yeah, a lot of people still don't know about it. It's it's free to Florida Bar members. The Florida Bar pays for it. This is not, um, right. it's valuable is my point. We are paying a lot of money for it to bring this to you completely free. And what I'm talking about is Fast Case, which is legal research. It's a legal research platform, which is in the five and a half years I've been at the bar has has just improved exponentially. A lot of people were like, I will never leave Westlaw. And then for some reason, they had they tried FastCase because they were away from their office or didn't know their login. And they love FastCase. Like it has gotten better and better. But this year, FastCase made a huge upgrade and it threw some right. people. So we got a lot of calls about this. And I do want to stress, we're not the FastCase experts. What we're going to tell you is go to your member portal and log in and then you'll be able to get into FastCase. But we do have some resources because we do try to help you out. So Carla, what do we have? Sure. So I will link to FastCase's announcement of the transition to the new FastCase. But what ended up happening is in September of 2020, FastCase users began transitioning to the newly updated version of FastCase. So the issue we were seeing was a lot of people who hadn't signed on in a while or were using other platforms and suddenly decided to sign on to FastCase were signing on to something completely alien to them. Mm-hmm. And they were concerned. They were calling us saying, this, something's wrong. It's I, broken. I can't, I, it's broken. <laughs> um, and so th- the point we, we want to make today is that, yes, FastCase has changed. And the big upgrade has been years in the making. And essentially, the, what they say it now provides is a variety of tools and results with improved speeds, expanded search options, more intuitive functionality, so on and so forth. And we will link to all of the update information that they've released thus far. Um, and they have training. They have regular training sessions. So we encourage you to sign up for those if you are a, a new to FastCase. But it, it's, it's really an underutilized uh, member benefit as far as our department is concerned because Mm -hmm. people are always surprised. They're always surprised that they get this completely for free. So it includes, I'll tell you what it includes, U.S. Supreme Court decisions, Fifth and Eleventh Circuit's Court of Appeals decisions, Florida State and Supreme Court appellate decisions, nationwide statutes and regulations, and other fast-cased features and research tools. And it's unlimited. It's unlimited to members. Mm-hmm. There's no restrictions on time, number of transactions, unlimited printing, unlimited reference assistance, and unlimited customer service, all included for free. Um, and it's also an, our, a newspaper archive. There's some legal forms and a one-stop pacer search of federal filings. So all that for free. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you're members. just, go, that's the other thing when we have people who say I'm going out on my own for the first time and they're trying to, um, you know, budget their money for it. We always mm-hmm. want to bring this up because uh, if, if you can get this excellent free legal research, that that's a real help to, and for right. everyone, but especially for a, a new attorney. And, and you can add federal case law on the all 50 state database for $195 a year. So even sort of the full-fledged version of the platform is very inexpensive in comparison to others. So, and, and also, I'd like to stress what you mentioned earlier. We can only help you with your My Florida Bar member portal credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and that relates to FastCase in as much as that's how you access FastCase. You have to log into your My Florida Bar member portal and use the FastCase link in your portal. So if you do have issues logging into your portal before you even get to FastCase, you want to contact Membership Records. And that's 850-561-5832. I believe, though, however, that if you need to reset any login credentials, they need it in writing. So you would be asked to email membershiprecords at floridabar.org. But for all other FastCase support, you need to contact FastCase. Like Christine said, we are not the FastCase experts. Um, So if you are If you are logged in and you just don't know how to use the new version of FastCase or the new FastCase, contact FastCase support, sign up for their training sessions, check out their website because they also have a quick guide that's really useful. And we'll actually link to that here, the quick reference guide, Mm -hmm. um, which sort of gives you the ins and outs of how to get started on the platform. But again, contact support at FastCase.com or call their support number directly, not us. Okay, so FastCase has been free for members for a long time, but I want to talk about another free Florida Bar member benefit because this time of year can be very stressful for everyone and then you add on all the stuff with the pandemic. So I feel like the absolute best new Florida Bar member benefit is the Lawyer's Mental Health Helpline. It's completely free and confidential. The Florida Bar pays for this and we're using a third party. We don't know if you called. We don't have anything to do with it. We are just paying and making it available to you. You can speak to mental health professionals 24 hours a day and be referred to three free in-person or telehealth sessions with a licensed therapist. Every bar member gets three of these therapy sessions every single calendar year. And I feel like this is a gift that you can give yourself, which is going to pay huge dividends in every part of your life. You're going to be more successful. You're going to have better relationships with your family and your work family. So I really encourage people to take a look at this. And I think it's Yes, it's a crisis line, but it's also a, I'm stressed or I'm just feeling off or uh, the pandemic's made me really lonely. I feel isolated. Call them for all of those reasons. We want you to call um, and it's not going to cost you a penny. The other exciting thing about this is we, we kicked this off early once the pandemic started. So it started about three months right. early this year. It had been in the works for a couple of years. Um, but we just got approved. I'm very excited that the mental health helpline for Florida lawyers is going to be adding our Florida registered paralegals. And I think we have almost like 4,500 of those. Mm-hmm, we love mm-hmm. our FRPs. We did a whole podcast about that. But we know that they are also stressed probably all the time being in the law firm. Um, so <laughs> Not they just now. are going to have this benefit extended to them. So we're really happy about that. So we're going to link to it. But the Florida Lawyers Helpline is 833-FL1-WELL, the word well, we want you to be well. But I also want to give you the number so you're not hunting around on your dial pad, 833 351 
0.55. The other cool thing about this is it, it's not just whatever you're, you know, whatever's stressing you out. They're also, they have professional counselors for financial issues. If you need help budgeting, getting out of debt, paying off your student loans, you are stressed because you have a parent that needs long-term care. They have actual caseworkers that will hunt you down based on your insurance, your location, you know, help you with elder care, help you with finding daycare for your kids. If your life's been disrupted, you know, maybe your kids aren't going to school or daycare, they can help you with that. So there's all these other things, whatever's stressing you out, they can help you out. So please call that, take advantage of that. Right. And and we've done other podcast episodes on the helpline and, and we've gone in, in into detail as to what the helpline provides and then what the services are. But none of that really matters because we want you to call. Mm-hmm. Talk to the talk to these people and, and and you know, whether they have a service that you need or not, they're there to help and they're going to help you in whatever way they can, whether it's like Christine said, referring you to uh, counseling sessions or to financial counselors. The point is pick up the phone and call mm-hmm. because again, we don't, we will never know about it. And that's sort of the the big thing with law with lawyers calling sort right. of law firm EAPs and whatnot. They don't want their law firm the, their firm to know about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the beauty of this is nobody knows about it. Right, Just the bar give doesn't know. Call. Your firm doesn't know. Um, yeah, people wouldn't even know you were going to sessions because you can do that from your office or you know if you right. want to do it in person. So we love right. that one. I want to pivot right now because at the beginning, I think one of our first podcasts when we first started working from home was everybody, you know, we were talking about your setup and how how people were coping and stuff. But I love the part of it about tech because now you have an excuse to get a better chair at home or you need dual screens. So if you didn't bring it home with you, we want to help you with your work from home setup, or maybe you're looking for a technology gift to give someone. So we have some great suggestions that our director, Jonathan Israel, gave us a few of these. Carla researched it. So let's talk about our favorite technology recommendations. Okay, I will start with the least exciting, but almost <laughs> the most critical for me. And, and I think I told you guys earlier when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on the podcast, mm-hmm. I sort of always took for granted the fact that I have a wireless keyboard and mouse for every setup I have. Mm-hmm. And I was recently setting my mom up for her wireless setup and she has a laptop, a docking station, uh, two external monitors, a headset. I mean, wire bonanza. (laughs) And to add insult to injury, she also was given a wired keyboard and a wired mouse. And that offended me to the core. Didn't know there's still, (laughs) I didn't think that was still a thing. So Mm -hmm. I, I, again, it is not very exciting, often overlooked, but wireless keyboard and mouse. Uh, Amazon Basics has a wireless keyboard and mouse combo for $29.93. We will link to it. But (laughs) there are any number of wireless keyboards and mice for you to look at. We will link to a few PC Mag articles titled The Best Wireless Keyboards and The Best Wireless Mice for, for 2020. But again, do your research. You want to be comfortable in your home office. We know that a lot of people don't have the larger desks and the sort of expansive mm-hmm. setups like they did in their offices. They have much smaller home office desks and you, you want to be comfortable. So let's start with reducing the clutter on your desk and getting a wireless keyboard and mouse. Perfect. 
Okay, so so that you're not a lot of people didn't have a lot of space to spread out when they they all went to work from home. So I know that a good pair of headphones are crucial for those people. So what did you find? Yes. Again, we will link to an article, all the best headphones for working at home in 2020. But pretty much anything that has microphones, a microphone and headphones will work. So in this day and age, you should be able to connect your Apple AirPods mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So and any Bose headphones you may have, any any Bluetooth, anything that's Bluetooth enabled, you will be able to connect to your devices. There are wired options that we'll link to as well. But the beauty of it is not everyone needs to listen to your work calls. Headsets <laughs> are crucial to keeping everyone in the home sane. Same thing goes for kids. Everyone's mm-hmm. virtual, learning from home virtually. You don't need to be listening to the teacher and 30 other kids on a Zoom call trying to talk over one another. So get everyone a nice pair of headphones. Again, it's a great stocking stuffer. They don't need to be pricey, although there are very dedicated sort of Plantronics brand of mm-hmm. headphones or headsets. Well, um, noise that, canceling is a big deal. So yes, that's a big deal too. A, a lot of a lot of the again AirPods, a lot of sort of the consumer grade mm-hmm. options have noise canceling capabilities. But if you want a dedicated headset, we'll link to a few of those as well. But that is critical because nobody needs to be listening to your Zoom call after or your Zoom confidential call client call. calls. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so everyone's home, everyone's on the network. This may have caused you some issues. What do you do? All right, so there is, and and again, we will link to this. You don't have to take notes or anything, (laughs) but there is something called a Wi-Fi mesh network system. And essentially what that does is it rebroadcasts the Wi-Fi signal through a home that perhaps has spotty Wi-Fi or dead spots. Mm -hmm. So usually it happens in larger homes, but if you have – but it can happen in smaller homes too. If you have appliances, major appliances between your device and your Wi-Fi router, that may cause disruptions. If you have thick walls or multiple Mm -hmm. walls, um, it may cause disruption. So what a mesh Wi-Fi system does is essentially it creates a consistent signal throughout all those spotty areas in the house. And again, it just makes it so that you can put your device anywhere. I think we had one of our colleagues say that she has this beautiful home office, but she didn't have a connection in the office. So Mm -hmm. this would kind of fix that, right? If she has a wireless router and she just has a spotty connection in her home office, she would get a mesh Wi-Fi system and boom, it, it fixes itself. And, you know, you can find these on Amazon and, and we'll link to, again, another PC Mag article um, that has the comparisons and the pricing and on Amazon and some other links. But, you know, if you have a just a, a small average size home, you know, I guess that's up for debate on what's small and average, but it can still work for you. Again, it, 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 doesn't always mean that it's your house is too big for Wi-Fi signal to travel. Mm-hmm. It's mostly, you know, if you have appliances in the way, like I know my router has my entire kitchen between me and my home office. So there are issues sometimes. Well, uh, my, so my Apple watch keeps telling me to stand up. So I need it everywhere because I just pick <laughs> up my laptop and move so that my watch thinks exactly. that I'm staying active. So that's important. Exactly. So a mesh network is one option. What is a power line network adapter? 
So again, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but it's a similar purpose to mesh Wi-Fi, but rather than rebroadcasting the Wi-Fi signal, it provides a hardwired connection that transmits data through your home's electrical grid. So you have two adapters that plug into your wall sockets, and they connect to your router and or modem via Ethernet. One of them does. The other one is connected via Ethernet to your computer or other device. And again, it's it's... It's if you need that hardwired connection, this is a good alternative. Again, it's meant to like a mesh Wi-Fi system sort of help you with spotty Wi-Fi or dead spots in your home. But the beauty of this is that you have that Ethernet connect, that hardwired Ethernet connection. So it's not always faster, but when you read the reviews on Powerline network adapters, oftentimes you'll find that it, it does provide much faster speeds than regular Wi-Fi. But again, it varies. Some network adapters even have Wi-Fi are, are able to rebroadcast Wi-Fi as well. So mm-hmm. we'll link to a comparison of Powerline network adapters. But again, mesh Wi-Fi system, Powerline network adapters, great if you have spotty Wi-Fi signal in your home. And so our our director is Jonathan Israel, who was in IT for 15 years at the bar before he became the director of the Practice Resource Center. So he gave us that tip. So every time we're having an issue, he he is a <laughs> lovely resource to immediately tell us what we need. And we'll send right. us a link to whatever Amazon product we need. So the next one, because if your power flashes, we're in Florida, so this kept happening. Right. If your power flashes and then you're waiting to reconnect to your Zoom call, I can just imagine if you were actually having a hearing in court. It's it's awkward. It's embarrassing. It wastes time. And so Jonathan told us about this cool, uninterruptible power supply. Right. Essentially a backup battery. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it protects your computers and peripherals from power loss and surges. Not very exciting. We'll link to it. But the point is, if your power does go out or even if there is a surge, there's no interruption mm-hmm. to your device. You don't lose everything. I mean, in this day and age, there's autosave, but there are still people out there that use the save button. I'm not judging, but you don't have to worry about losing documents because your Mm -hmm. computer has suddenly shut off or, you know, never mind a live call. And if you lose internet, it's not going to help that. And I want to be clear, uh, your modem or router will not lose power. But if you've lost internet, this isn't for that. This is simply <laughs> to ensure that you don't lose power to your devices, which can also right. be damaging to devices. I mean, that's why we have surge protectors. Yeah, and this, um, so this, this is, is a really good protector. one that Jonathan told us about. I think it's in the $65 to $70 range, so very yes. affordable for, yes. to solve so some this of, problem. Some mm-hmm. of them will last hours, so you can right. run the backup battery for hours and hours and hours. Of course, those will be more expensive, mm-hmm. um, but you can certainly find them in the you know, $50, $60 range. And again, that's very reasonable. It will give you enough time to troubleshoot and sort of diagnose everything that's going on and, and go figure things out again mm-hmm. in, in the event of a surge, no big deal. In the event of power loss, at least it'll give you time to wind things down. Right. And then and Carla also, you, she is going to provide an article to portable chargers and power banks. So if you don't yes. want the big suitcase size thing, not that big, but close. If you want yeah. something tiny, there's a good link there. But Carla, yeah. we also, in the technology world, I think people overlook the member benefit discount. We have yes. so many Florida Bar member benefits. So tell us about just briefly some of the tech discounts that you can get through that page. 
Sure. So we have the Dell Member Purchase Program, which is a free discount program that allows Florida Bar members, their family members, and their friends to receive member-only pricing on all personal purchases from Dell, including up to 30% off Dell PCs, electronics, and accessories. The next one is Lenovo. Florida Bar members save up to 30% off the Mm -hmm. everyday public web price of Lenovo laptops, tablets, desktops, all-in-ones, workstations, servers, and accessories. And lastly, sort of the catch-all is Office Depot, (laughs) Office Max, and you can get savings of up to 75% off OfficeDepot.com regular prices on the best value list of preferred products, substantial discounts on thousands of free products, free next day delivery, which is fantastic Mm -hmm. if you need things last minute, and low cost on both printing and photocopying. Stop printing and photocopying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next day delivery is very important to me. I saw a meme that said during the pandemic, there's only two days. There's days that packages arrive and there's days that packages (laughs) don't arrive. So that's probably going on at your house as well. Yeah, and we'll link link to these member benefits Mm -hmm. because again, like you mentioned, people forget to just look through the member benefits. And some are added, and, and there's no big sort of show about it. They're just added to the list. So you have to keep going back to the member benefits list to check yes. out what all is there. And so we want to talk about something that's free for Florida Bar members from our department. We, we touched on this earlier, and it still blows my mind that people, one, they either find the free CLEs on Legal Fuel, and they think that we are not part of the Florida Bar. So they have all kinds of questions <laughs> about getting credit with the bar, so we have to tell them we are the bar. Or um, they they still they there's a lot of questions like how do I log in? Do I register for this? So Carla has just made it so easy. But Carla, tell us about this lovely free thing that you can get through Legal Fuel. Sure. So the first thing you want to do, I'm going to tell you how to access it first. You go to legalfuel.com, and there's going to be sort of top level categories. You want to go to free CLE nowhere else. And on there, you will find over 100 uh, credit hours worth of CLE. The very top post, and I, I want to point this out, is sort of a how-to. How many CLE credits do I need and how do I post them? Please read that because we get this question multiple times a day. It's one of the most popular questions. So if we're talking about greatest hits, this is the mm-hmm. greatest hit. So that will go over the credit hours you need, exactly what the breakdown is. So you need... Of the 33 credit hours, five need to be a professionalism requirement, which is courses offering ethics, professionalism, bias elimination, substance abuse, or mental illness awareness credit. And we have a link to that. Mm -hmm. One of those five PR hours must be specifically in professionalism. We don't have as many, but we do have quite a few, Mm -hmm. some of which have been provided by the Center for Professionalism here at the bar. And then three of the 33 credit hours need to be in technology. Uh, We have a link for that too. So Where she has them all sorted. So if you don't want to use the filter, you can just click on her links and it'll show you everything. So Carla, once I get to, okay, I'm looking for technology. I click on your sorted link Mm -hmm. and I, I get this question even when on their own page. Okay, now what? How do I actually access it? Sure. So you're going to see a thumbnail and then you're going to see the title of the course. You want to click on either one, the title or the thumbnail. Just click and then that will take you to the course page. On the course page, you will again see a thumbnail. Right below that, you will see the video and or podcast. And there is a play button in the middle of the video. These are embedded YouTube videos. So there is nothing is behind a wall. You can simply click play and you can pause if you'd like. If you have a, a meeting coming up, if you have a phone call mm-hmm. you have to take, go ahead and press pause. We're not watching. We don't know. So 
press pause, come back to it later, finish the course, and then uh, once you've completed a course, there's going to be a course number provided in the video description or podcast description. You need to log into your My Florida Bar Members portal, and on the right-hand side, you're going to see an option to post credits. I believe it actually says, I have credits to post or something like that. Okay. Click that, input the course number, voila, you get your credit. And, and again, I, I want to reiterate, because we get this question a lot too, that Legal Fuel, the Practice Resource Center of the Florida Bar, is a department within the bar. We are not a unaffiliated third party. We are not mm -hmm. a for-profit vendor. We are a department within the bar. And all CLEs available on our free CLE page are approved and available for credit. So yes, and if they're CLEs, there, they're live. Yes. We keep we get people that say, where's the expiration date? If, if these right. don't have current credit, we take them down. You, you know right. that if they're up there, um, there's people in our department that are constantly, we evaluate them, we renew them if we feel like they're still relevant. So if they're there, these are good for credit. Right. And another thing I want to specify, which is another sort of greatest hits question, mm -hmm. is whether we have CLEs in specific areas of law. The answer is no. Our department, the Practice Resource Center, covers practice management topics. As such, our CLEs are only on practice management topics. So we don't have specific, if you're trying to learn a new area of law, do not come to us. Yeah, you're we, not going to help find you. Them. No. And we don't have basic skills courses either. So that's a, a popular one. But we do use. have technology, practice management, yes. mental health. We, we have so many and like any course you can use for general credit, but it'll tell you right there what, what kind of credit it's going to give you. But again, yeah. if you're looking for board certification credits, we don't have that because that is legal area specific and we don't we don't do that. So right. Great. So and if you have any questions about a particular CLE and you don't want to leave the page, there's a little bubble on the right hand side, bottom right hand side of your screen that's often overlooked, that is a chat function. Mm -hmm. If you are actively watching a course and you also have a question, for example, how do I report this course? Go to that chat bubble, ask us the question. There's also some FAQs in there that will probably also answer that question for you. <laughs> but if you really need to talk to us, We're here. chat with an advisor. We're here. It's me, Christine, sometimes our director, Jonathan. We will answer. We are in front of our computers all day long from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. So chat with us. But again, these are free CLEs mm -hmm. available to all. Yes, we are the Florida Bar. Yes, we want you to have free CLEs. Go to legalfield.com forward slash free dash CLE. And I think that's it. Was Perfect. that enough Perfect. of a shameless yes. plug? Yeah, I feel like they, they're ready. And yeah, if you if you want to chat with us, it's like a video game. Carl and I are waiting to pounce on that chat. So we will respond <laughs> if it is during business hours. We're here. <laughs> okay. So our final topic, because it's the holiday season, we want to talk about how to best connect and reward with your employees virtually. All of those firm Christmas dinners and um, all those celebrations probably went out the window. Some people are being creative and doing some outside things. But if your people are all at home, but you still want them to know that you appreciate them and what a good job they're doing and you want to say happy holidays um, or all year long, you're looking for ways to reward those employees. We want to give you some tips on that because I think employers often assume that they know what's best for their employees. And a lot of times this isn't the case when it comes to rewarding them because people are different. Their motivations are different. 
different. So even the rewards, which appear to be most desirable, aren't going to work for everyone. And due to the ongoing COVID-19 issue, it's been more difficult um, to follow those traditional recognition programs. So we want to talk about what you can do to let your employees know that you appreciate them and how to customize those to the individual. So one of the things I really like back when I worked in HR is I a lot of people know about the five love languages books, and those were used for relationships, and they've been reprinted a million times. But they also apply in the professional setting because they can show how to best appreciate a particular employee that's actually going to have the greatest impact. If you just do one thing for everybody, it's nice, but it doesn't have the same impact. So some people already know their preferred what they call love language or if you observe them, they will frequently express appreciation in the same way that they want to be appreciated. Or you can just send out this quiz that we're posting and your team, <laughs> uh, everyone can take it and ask them to share their results. It can be like a team building activity. I love right. a quiz. You, if you've listened to our podcast, you know I love a quiz. <laughs> okay, so this is at a cool website called scienceofpeople.com. Carla and I both took the quiz. And because um, I have a background in this, I already knew what mine was, but I still took the quiz. So it confirmed that I am an acts of service person. If you do something for me, um, I'm going to be thrilled. You, I, I'm pretty unemotional, but if you do something for me, it'll make me teary because I'm such an acts of, acts of service person. Um, and Carla, I know that I had you take the quiz. What yes. type did you turn out to be? Dun, dun, dun. I am also acts of service. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I knew that one. My husband's a huge DIYer, uh -huh. so I am a very happy oh, individual because that's he the DIYs. Marriage. Yes, oh everything around the I house. I thought about that. I'm, Her I'm husband is so, so handy. Yes. He is constantly doing projects to improve their house right. and their so, life. I love that. That's really nice. I, I'm I'm a happy I'm a happy wife. Well, That's I want to sure. talk about. So after <laughs> you figure out, so there's five types. So let's go mm -hmm. through it just briefly. So I want you to know we're going to give you some suggestions of how to appreciate these different types of people. So the first one is words of affirmation. I have two people in my family that are words of affirmation, and I would do all kinds of things for. Them them and I realized they weren't getting it and all they wanted were some kind words from me. And once I realized that, it, it, it shifts it because that will make them teary if I say, I just really appreciate you. You're doing such a good job. But I, there's some important points about that. This type of person wants sincere praise. They need to be told when they're doing a good job, but it has to be about something that you witnessed or it will ring hollow. I used to have a boss who thought he'd nailed this and he would walk around and just <laughs> literally would just call out, good job and high five as he went through the door. We hated this. We hated this. It was like the opposite of appreciation. Right. It, 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 because then you see Joe Schmo next to you who doesn't do right, a right. thing. Slacker boy just got a high five. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. This so is, don't do that. That is not motivating. So studies have found that giving thanks to colleagues motivates them, improves morale, and is completely free. Words of affirmation people love a thoughtfully written note that accompanies their holiday gift or bonus. So, you know, if you're given something general, make sure that you say, hey, that project you did for me in, in July, you, you just really killed it. And I, I want you to know how much it meant to me. Those that will, if, if you want right. all of your employees to tear up because you're the most thoughtful person in the world, figure out what their type is. Okay. Right. The second one is quality time. This employee needs you to ask about their projects and how they're doing. And I want to, this is not about micromanaging. Please don't 
micromanage people. This is showing genuine interest. So maybe you have a brainstorming session with them and you can schedule a Zoom call with them to do this virtually face-to-face. We know you're busy, but if you make time to know what's going on um, with your quality time employee and what their goals are, they're just really going to feel seen. So some things that you can offer them, professional development opportunities, um, like special training that you found just for them for that thing that they really wanted to do or improve. Some people right. would think this was a punishment. A quality time person would see that you understood um, right. how they wanted to spend their time. And this is the employee who will also most appreciate some extra annual leave because you're literally gifting them some time. Yeah. And, and annual leave, I, I, there's always a sort of a back and forth like, mm-hmm. oh, it, it does cost the company something. But not really. It's much like words of affirmation. It, it is free. It's something that you don't have to, you know, break the bank with. So, yes, it's going to cost you some productivity, but it's going to it's improve It's going to have dividends, though, because they're going to go exactly. recharge and they're going to come exactly. back enthused exactly. and appreciate it. So it, exactly. it actually will. It's a it's a net gain. For you. Right. Okay. Carla, Make it the, fun too. Yes. The third one are gifts people. And I, okay, I want to be really clear. I know um, people that are gifts people and they're embarrassed to say that that was what they got out of the quiz because they think it means that they're materialistic. And it's, I, no. I want to dispel that. That's not what it means. A lot of bosses think all their employees really want is monetary awards and bonuses are great. We all want to be paid fairly for what we do. But what a person whose love language is gifts will really appreciate is a token that you have selected specifically for them because you took the time to learn something about them. So it's really about the thought, you know, that's that old saying, it's the thought that counts. But in this case, it's true because it's going to make it more valuable than whatever the price point was. Right. If all you know about them is they always want the heat turned up, (laughs) get them a tiny personal heater. Amazon has a ton of these and they'll be like, you will warm their heart with this tiny heater because you heard them saying I'm cold all the time. I mean, and sometimes people think that that's a complaint, but if maybe that's all you know about them, get that person a tiny heater. It's a complaint. Yeah. If you know that they frequent a locally owned coffee shop or restaurant, don't give them a Starbucks gift card. Go out of your way and get them a gift card from their favorite restaurant or coffee shop. That is going to mean so much more. If they're a big sports fan, all you know is maybe you can see the their diploma on the wall and you know what college they went to. Maybe give them a gift that is team or college themed and they'll feel seen because you chose this thing that had something to do with them. Okay, so... Number four, acts of service. So Carl and I are all about this. This person is going to be delighted when they discover that you have taken care of a task that often falls to them to do, or you notice they had a problem with a project or needed a resource, and you worked out a solution. If you notice they have too much on their plate, you can offer to share the workload. This person will express their appreciation for others by jumping in to help. So all kinds of service things like cleaning, cooking, driving, running an errand for them will make them feel very appreciated. And a good virtual gift would be, in my opinion, an electronic food delivery gift card to give them a night off from making dinner. Because if you're an acts of service person, you're probably, you could be the one that's making a lot of the meals because you're expressing love that way. So give them a night off from cooking. Carla, what your acts of service, what is something that you would? Again, I mentioned earlier that my husband DIYing around the house is like the ultimate. Mm-hmm. But I think at work, we're we're very much a team. So we work together on a lot of projects. So it, it it's why 
I'm so happy at work because we do everything as a team and Mm -hmm. there's not one task that necessarily always falls on one person. And even, for example, Jonathan, Jonathan will take on the load of the world. He will literally do everyone's job if, if we let him. But it's nice to always let him know we're here, whatever you need. There's a lot of things that only mm-hmm. he can do, but we're always like, we can help. We want to help. So it's, it's again, it's not just about receiving the act yeah. of service, but also making yourself available because sometimes there is nothing you can do, but just knowing that you have people there to help often means the world. Mm-hmm. So it, and he'll, it's just, he again, also, I've come in my yeah. office and discovered something that I just said in passing about an right. issue I was having, like a technology thing. And yes. there is a new whatever that is completely, yeah. I didn't know existed and it solved yeah. my problem. And that is very touching to me that he's yeah. hearing us and he's trying to yes. help us with that. Right. So so it's about being a good listener and, mm-hmm. and making yourself available. So it's not always about do actually doing something, but understanding that when something needs to be done, you're there. Oh, and the other thing I think is funny, some people hate those um, little certificates for, you know, <laughs> I mean, like a coupon you give someone. Some people yeah. hate those. When my older daughters were poor college students, they would say, mom, we're going to have an acts of service Christmas, like from them. And I think some people would think that was cheesy. My girls like refinished the cabinets in my bathrooms and like these girls will crank it out. And I love that. Like I asked them this year, can it be an access service Christmas? And they said, no, we have jobs. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) we have money, mom. Yeah. But again, in in a work setting, it's a matter of just making yourself available and always knowing that you have a team and that the weight of the world doesn't fall on you and you alone. Mm -hmm. And, And I think, again, I'm, we're very lucky to work in a place where that is just our day-to-day reality. But, you know, if that is not, try and make it better. Try and Mm -hmm. do more team activities. Try and help each other, you know, again, in any way possible, even the smallest uh, sort of errand or task Mm -hmm. that you can do for someone. Yeah. Again, acts of service don't cost you anything. We work in the annex at the bar and we're across the parking lot from the main building. And every once in a while, Jonathan will say, oh, I I saw that this report that you needed was ready. And so I walked over and got it. And he doesn't think anything of it. And it makes me just... I just yeah. feel so warm and happy when he does yeah. something like that for me. So Hug him from afar. Love that. <laughs> yes. And Carla, I, I'm going to take this moment to tell you how much I appreciate you. You are an amazing oh. coworker. You are the most oh. hardworking, brilliant. I'm going to cry. I, I really, really appreciate you. So I want you to know that. Likewise. No, and, honestly, like I said, it's it's been a dream, a dream job, honestly, because we are such a great team. And Christine has been not just like a mentor, but like a friend. And like it's it's just been it's been awesome. I've been here, what, three years, three, four plus years. I don't remember now. I feel the Time same flies. way. I feel the same but way. It's great. And then Jonathan's a great boss. And mm-hmm. then we have Debbie, who's always like the light in, in our department. And the heart, and she, the heart of right. our whole department. So yeah. again, acts of service can encompass mm-hmm. pretty much every love language, actually. So, you know, you can do little things here and there. And mm-hmm. part of an act of service is honestly learning other people's love language and acting upon it. That's a good so, point. That's a good point. The other thing is most people have a primary and a secondary. And so some of these things are going to blend. You'll see that like, yes, right. an act of service, but... But also, that was a good job. Like, I think my second one is probably uh, words of affirmation. I, I like to hear it, you know, that, that you. Yeah. So that we're going to cover the last one. This took a little more thought, Carla. Um, yeah. So yeah. number five <laughs> is physical <laughs> touch. And I know you're all thinking, Ugh, it's the Me Too era. Okay. So please do not hug people who do not want to be hugged. That is not 
welcome. If if you know them well enough, some people, you know, if they're having a hard day, really appreciate that. But don't assume anyone wants you to touch them in any way. But I was thinking it's good to have a sincere high five, like good job. Like if you're from afar, socially distanced <laughs> yeah, right, high five. Right now, like when we're on Peloton, you can give high fives to people that are on yes, their 50th ride. Yes. I give everybody those virtual high fives. But right. back back in the office too, I, I do think um, the physical high five is, it's, it, it's like a celebration. It's a little tiny celebration um, of, a good, yeah. of something you've accomplished. But if you want to send physical touch people a gift, I had some ideas. Okay, yes. so think tactile. If, if they're physical touch, it also means they like the texture, surfaces of things. So I'm thinking a very soft scarf or a cozy sweater that feels a blanket. like a virtual hug. Oh, good. Weighted blanket. Yeah, these are physical touch gifts. You don't have to touch them, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to warm the heart of a person who is physical touch. Right. So right. that's a good one. I like that, Carla. Yeah. Okay. So we finally reached the end of our program and the end of 2020. We hope that you are all doing well and staying safe. Thank you for joining us today and throughout the whole year. Carla, if our listeners have questions about the 20,000 things we discussed, where can they find more information? Sure. So like I mentioned, we will link to a lot of the resources we discussed here today. Most of it is going to be ethics related. So we will link to all of that. But the number one place you want to go to listen to this podcast, to view the links, if you're not on your device, listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., is to the Legal Fuel website. So that's going to be legalfuel.com. Again, you can chat with us. There's a little chat at the right hand, bottom right hand corner of your screen. There's also a contact page where you can fill out a contact form. You can call us 866-730-2020. You can email us at legalfuel at floridabar.org. We are here for you and we appreciate so much that you've been here for us and listened to us throughout the year. And again, like Christine said, I just want to say thank you because we know it's been hard for everyone and mm-hmm. and we just appreciate everyone sticking through and, and listening. We know we know how many people listen. That that's that's a cool fact. Um so so we know that all of you are out there listening and struggling and and we hope that we can bring some sunshine to your day so if you like what you heard today please rate us an apple podcast join us next time for another episode of the florida bar podcast brought to you by legal fuel the practice resource center of the florida bar i'm christine bilbrey and i'm carla eckhart until next time thank you for listening if you'd like more information about today's show please visit legalfuel.com Don't miss an episode by subscribing to the Florida Bars podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and RSS. Find the Florida Bars Practice Resource Center Legal Fuel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by the Florida Bar. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.